Hello. How's everybody tonight? Great and a good. Sounds exciting. <laughs> uh, my name's Nathan McCargo. I'm one of the elders here at Missy O'Day Church. And I'm caught up under the stand here, so give me a second. And I can't stand close to the speaker. Um, welcome. Thank you for coming out. Bear with me. I'm going to grab my notes. So, um, 15 years ago today, give me a second. All right. So, 15 years ago today, um, one of our other pastors, Justin, and I were sitting in Bible class. And um, if I'm correct, we were taking a test. And that's when our classroom door flung open and the secretary came in and said, we need everyone to go to the auditorium. And we're like, okay, we'll all go to the auditorium. We'll follow the instructions and we'll all go to the auditorium. So we're in the auditorium. All the other classes came in. Once everybody came in and sat down, um, the principal came up front and quieted everybody and, and began to share with us the news that he had for us. And the news was that our nation was either under attack or the issues that were going on. Like most, I was, um, I vividly remember the feelings of that day. I vividly remember the disbelief, I vividly remember the slight fear and the concern for the people and what was going on. I also remember our teachers and the school staff running around trying to find a phone that worked so that we could call parents and everybody could get home safely. Remember the rest of my day, sitting glued in front of the TV, watching every little thing that was going on, watching rescue people, watching people looking for family members, loved ones. Remember the silence of no planes going overhead, no phones that work, no planes going overhead. That night, I remember sitting and listening and watching as George Bush gave a speech. Somewhere near the end of that speech, he asked for prayers. He asked for prayer for all those who grieve, for the children whose world had been shattered, for all those whose sense of safety and security had been threatened. He prayed that we will be comforted by the power greater than any of us, spoken through spoken through the ages in Psalms 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel, fear no evil, for you are with me. This power which he spoke of is the one and only true God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him we, we give a prayer of thanks for all the lives that are saved, a prayer of gratitude for those who sacrificed their lives that day and every day to grant us the freedoms we enjoy in this country. May we always remember Jesus who gave the ultimate sacrifice to grant us freedom from sin and eternal life. May we always remember. I'm going to have Pastor Justin come up and pray for us for this service. Uh, dear Jesus, we are thankful to come together um, today on, on a day that, as, uh, as Nathan shared 15 years ago, was a very, very uh, solemn and, and dark day. Um, but what is amazing is that you are the good shepherd and you are also the door. And, and as the shepherd, you stand in the way. And, and darkness doesn't happen that you don't know about. And, and, and nor will it stay that you won't push it back. And while we sit in the middle of the story and while we're reminded on 
anniversaries like this that evil is real and this world is broken and sin is is ebbing and flowing throughout the creation and throughout us but you are a good god and while the end is not yet here we look towards it i pray that you would put eternity in our hearts in a way that we see the kingdom around us and we move towards the kingdom that you call us to move towards even now while we are here let us not get distracted by the every day and on days that give us pause to remember may it may it push us deeper into the gospel so we might live it out for for the world to see your love and grace. Thank you for Nathan. I pray as he shares tonight uh, that you would open our minds and hearts that the Spirit would speak through the Word to bring about change in us so that we do not leave here the same, but leave here looking towards you to be more and more like your Son. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in week two of gospel culture. That is to say... Uh, what does it look like to live in the counterculture that is the gospel culture? Last week we talked about God and who God is. We talked about the attribute of God that fuels everything that he does, the attribute of love. We talked about growing in knowledge of who God is so that we have a full understanding of who he is and who we are in respect to God. To know God is to know perfect love. So let's talk a little bit about knowledge. I missed a point last week, so I wanted to bring it up this week. There, there were two types of knowledge. The first type of knowledge is impersonal knowledge, and the second type is personal knowledge. Impersonal knowledge is to know about, to be a, an acquaintance, or to recognize, to know facts about someone or something. Personal knowledge is a deep, intimate knowledge. It's a sharing of heart. It's to know the actual person. So before we dive in, I wanted to say, okay, some of you know me, some of you don't. Today, I decided I'm going to Google myself and find out what information is out there. So I'm going to read to you some of the things that I found facts about me, impersonal knowledge about me on Google. So Google says that I lived in Camden, Franklinville, Williamstown, Pittman, and Glassboro. I'm related to Diane, Herman L., Herman D., and Constance. I have multiple traffic violations. I worked at Commerce Bank, the Office of the Chapter 13 Standing Trustee, and Social Services. I've owned three businesses. I have multiple abandoned email accounts and social media accounts, as do most of us. Um, and I, I'm currently on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. So the question then is, if all of this is impersonal knowledge, if you actually learned anything about me as a person with that information, do you know anything more about who I am inside, about my heart, about any of those things? I'm getting a nod, yes. What have you learned? <laughs> that is one. That I, I am a bad driver. Um, I used to be what was called an aggressive driver, but I'm no longer that. Um, but I am a bad, I'm a very bad driver. <laughs> Um, and it probably does speak to some heart motives and other things there, too. So, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't quite get the full picture of who a person is. And so then you spin into actual personal knowledge. And why this is important and why it's important to knowledge of God is facts about God are good. Learn as many facts as you can about God. But the most important thing is for you to know intimately who God is, to have a personal relationship with him. That's what's most important. Having those facts do not actually equal a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, 
Second Peter verse chapter three, verse 18 says, grow in grace and knowledge. And Jeremiah 9, 23, 24 says, boast in the knowledge of God that you have. So tonight, our subject uh, will be reasons for hope. And um, I could easily share a ton of heartfelt stories and bring tears and all these things about all these different issues that are going on and we could sit and have an emotional experience and all those things. I can easily do that um, and then say, well, Christ is the reason for hope and bring us out of that whole experience. Um, But I'm not going to do that tonight. Um, We don't have to look too far to find that. There is a need for hope. We don't have to look too far to find reasons why we need hope. So instead of making uh, this time hard about hard times and troubles and all of those things. Uh, let's talk about the loving God who walks with us through hard times. Let's grow in our knowledge of God. And so I'm going to have you guys grab your Bibles because I have a ton of verses and we're going to read a lot of verses tonight. We're going to talk about a lot of subjects. The reason why I pick these subjects is because these are subjects that most of us are acquainted with. These are also subjects that Everyone in the world is acquainted with. And so if we're going to understand knowledge of God and who he is, we have to be able to attach these knowledge, the the knowledge of God with who we are and be able to lean on him and he can provide the hope that we need. So Psalms three, one, two, one through three, whoever grabs that first, go ahead and read it. This will talk about the God of hope when we are under attack. The God of hope when we are under attack. Lord, how are they that trouble me? Many there are that many are they that rise up against me. Many there be would say of my soul, there is no help for him and God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, hmm. art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. So when under attack We talked about September 11th, went under attack. It's amazing how a world that typically wants nothing to do with God can all of a sudden now say, well, well, okay, there's a power out there. There's something greater than we are that we can lean into. So when under attack, we lean into the Lord who is the lifter up of our head, our shield. He answers us from his holy hill. But heavy hearts, heavy hearts. What does God have to say? How is he a hope to those who have heavy hearts? Psalms 34, 18. When you get it, go ahead and read it. For the person who has a heavy heart. Psalms 34, 18. So down and out, all the issues, all the different things. I work at social services, and so I see all types of heavy hearts come through that door um, and see people who just are at the end of their rope. They're done, and they're looking for any point of hope and whatever. And this verse pretty much says that that's, God steps into those broken hearts. He steps into those who have been crushed in spirit. He leans directly towards them. He's there to help them. He's there to support them. Um, this next one, um, me and Justin had a conversation this past Tuesday. Um, and personally, uh, this next one spoke directly to me as uh, I've been quite stressed 
slightly depressed and a little bit anxious. So this one um, was definitely, definitely spoke to me. Psalms 40, one through three is for the person, the hope for the person who has depression, despair, anxiety, stress, all of those things. Psalms 40, one through three. When you find it, go ahead and read it. When you read Myri Bog, what comes to mind, came to mind for me was a quicksand, something that's sucking you down, pulling you down, not being able to get out, just drowning in it, a dark cloud that's covering around you. And that's what someone who is depressed or in despair feels. Then they start to be anxious because, okay, is this the life that I'm going to be, I'm going to lead? They start being anxious about things around them. Um, But the Lord promises the hope for them is that he um, will pick them up. He'll get them out of that, what they're stuck into and plant them on a firm ground for them to walk on a solid rock. Give them secure steps. And they'll have mouths to praise him once that happens. Once he pulls them out, they'll have mouths to praise him. About sick, sickness, disease and pain. Psalm seventy three twenty three. Hope for the person who is sickness, has sickness, disease, and pain. 7326. Mm-hmm. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my voice forever. We see this a lot. Um, we're younger. We're a younger church. Not of a, a lot of us don't have a lot of sickness. A lot of us don't have a lot of pain. We see this a lot. Um, when you when you see older people, older people who have lived long lives, hard lives, um, and they start leaning into the hope that God gives them and says, you know what? My strength comes from the Lord, no matter if it's cancer, no matter what it is, my strength comes from him. And so that's the hope we, pro- we would provide or God provides to someone who is sickness, disease and pain. About lost. Matthew 5, 4 is hope for the person who has suffered loss. Hmm. Family is a tough loss. I know that personally, family is a very, very tough loss. Um, And one thing in that process that I found out and learned that, um, Friends and family members surround you first couple of days, first couple of weeks or whatever, and then they go. And then it's back to real life to sit with the loss of whoever it is. And that's where um, you need the comfort of the Lord, the hope of the Lord, saying, I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to lift you. I'm here to carry you on. I will be uh, father to the fatherless. I will be husband to the widow. I will be all of those things for you. So most of us lead pretty busy lives. Most of us um, are burned out. We, we run around. And so uh, there is hope even in that for rest. There's hope for rest. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Read it when you get there. Rest for uh, hope for the restless person.
Hmm. So, so many times we carry so much with us, so much with us baggage from all different types of things that are going on. We carry day in, day out, just walking along, figuring things out and whatever, just just need some rest. And even when we rest our head on our pillows at night, sometimes we don't even find the peace that we need. Um, But God says, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest, not just for physical rest, but all the way deep down into your soul. About the lonely person. Someone who's struggling with loneliness. Proverbs 18.24. What is hope? For a person who is lonely. Proverbs 18, 24. A man of many companions may come to A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So growing up, I learned this verse and was taught that this person, this friend that sticks closer to a brother was Jesus. Doing some study this week, found out that's not quite what was being mentioned here. And so I'm going to explain to you about this passage in case you grew up like I did and learned that. A man of many companions may come to ruin. This passage is talking about that person that is so lonely that they're willing not to filter the friends that are coming into their lives. They're willing to grab a hold of whoever comes along and bring them close into them. Someone who may actually be there to harm them, hurt them, whatever. That's the lonely person that it's speaking of here. Person that's not trying to find good friends they're so lonely they care less who it is they just are looking for someone to sit and be with them um so then it says but there is a friend that sticks closer uh than a brother and that's a loyal friend that's that's the friend that you are through thick and thin that's the friend that's by your side that's loyal to you no matter how many hurts they suffer because of you and your actions they're there for you through thick and thin um and yes that is Jesus. Jesus is that friend. But this scripture wasn't actually directly talking about Jesus, which I was taught. And we've heard tons of pastors and everybody said, friend that sticks closer to brother is Jesus. Yes, that is the truth about Jesus. That's not actually who he is. So uh, for the lonely person, the hope is that, yes, Jesus is there. But God also provides other friends, loyal friends to walk alongside in your loneliness. But guidance and direction. Where do we go for hope, for guidance and direction when we're trying to figure life out, when we're trying to figure things out, when we just don't know, we just don't have answers, guidance and directions. I'll give to Psalm 1611 and Psalms 32, 8. When you get to either one of them, go ahead and read them. It's Psalm 1611 and Psalms 32, 8. Psalms 32, 8. Good, 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 good. We'll make known to you the path of life, not just a simple direction for today, not just a simple direction for this minute, this moment. This is path of life. I will make known to you. I will guide you and direct you through that. And in that presence, you'll find fullness of joy. 
you'll know where you're going. You'll have confirmation of those things. You'll find pleasures forevermore. And then God says, my eyes are upon you. I will instruct you in the way you should go, and I will keep my eyes on you so that you continue to go. I'll counsel you towards where you where you need to go. So guidance and direction, hope for that person. As God says, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm going to provide fullness of joy. I will instruct and give guidance and direction. So Psalms 34, 1 through 8, I will read. And this, this passage, um, I think, speaks to all of us and challenges all of us um, in hope. And tells us what we need to do. So Psalms 34, 1 through 8, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. And then it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. And so the challenges as we walk through all different types of life, the challenges as we do whatever we do and we're struggling to find hope, we're struggling to find peace, whatever it is, the challenge is to oh, taste and see. God has said, come try me. Come figure out what it is that I have for you, the hope that I have for you. Um, there's plenty of reasons for hope, but I'm here to provide that hope for you. So then the question is, we're talking about gospel culture, talking about how to create gospel culture. So then the question is, what does all of this have to do with gospel culture? Well, gospel in the root form is good news. And so when we have people around us, ourselves, our church family, our family members, whoever, who are struggling, visibly struggling, we have good news to share with them. Understanding yourself in personal ways of who God is, understanding him, you'll be able to speak more to those um, who are struggling. You see, if we don't have a personal knowledge of who God is, if we have not understood his guidance and direction, if we haven't rested in him, if he isn't our rock and our mighty fortress, if he wasn't by our side when we lost a loved one, we were depressed or anxious, if he isn't intimately acquainted with our deepest hurts, if he didn't pluck our souls from hell, what good news do we actually have? What are we actually sharing? And so last week we talked about God's love. We talked about having a personal knowledge with God. This week we talked about, okay, hope. How do we provide hope? How do we provide good news? Part of that is us understanding who God is, a knowledge of God, knowledge of how he speaks into all different areas of our lives, and trying him, tasting and seeing who God is. Then we'll be able to turn that around and disciple someone else who's hurting Who's going through. So, yes, God does provide good news. God is providing hope. But we have to first come to a personal knowledge of that. And true to form for me, 
I am actually finished for tonight. Um, and so we typically do a respond time each week. And so I have a direction like I did last week for you. Um, first off, the direction is uh, spend some time. Thank the Lord for the hope that he provides. Thank the Lord that he's there no matter what, no matter what we go through. Um, and then ask that he would help you to always run to him when you're in despair, when you can't just figure out your way, that you would run to him as your source of hope. And third, what do you need to share? Who do you need to share the reason of hope with? Who do you know around you that's struggling, that's hurting, that you can use some of these scriptures and say, you know what? I see that you're not at rest, but I know a God who can step in. I see you're suffering loss, but I know a God who's there to minister to you, to pick you up. I see there's sickness, disease, and pain. I see there's depression and despair. There's a heavy heart. I see that you're under attack, but I know a God who. So spend some time. I'm going to play for a little bit. Um, Hannah and the worship team will come back up after they finish praying. Spend some time. Talk to the Lord. Thank him for the hope. Ask him for help when you're struggling. And then also think and ask him to show you those who you need to share the reason of hope with.